Bokitov. Um, so, um, today's job is Nunchet, and we pick up at the very bottom of Nunzayin Amutbeh. So, um, as we were saying at the end of yesterday, the, um, well, you know, let's take a look, let's do it from the two dots, okay? Um, so about eight lines from the bottom of Nunzayin Amutbeh. Now, so now we have done the seven sprinklings, one and seven on the inside, one and seven on the outside towards the parochet, not on the parochet, although there was an opinion that it was directed on the parochet, but towards the parochet. And now we're going to the Mizbeach HaZahav, the golden altar, and um, there you're going to put on the four corners and seven on the top. So just to contrast this, by the way, an issue we discussed yesterday, also comparing it to like a certain types of korbanos that are brought inside the heichal, like the par helamzavah shel tzibor, the, the ox brought when the entire when the entire people sin based on a on a ruling of the beitin. Um, so there it says you do seven on the parochet, as opposed to it was one and seven. That was a point that was made by the um, by the Tosos Yishanim. By the way, the Torah here by the by the Yom Kippur is not clear that you do it on the parochet for what you do it on the parochet, but presumably we learn from that model, and we learn, and that's our interpretation of you should ping Yatzel Oamawed. So you do one and seven on the parochet, as opposed to a normal thing that was done on the inside would be seven. And then here you're going to do on the four corners and seven on the top, whereas a normal one that was done on the inside, you would just do the four corners not the seven on the top. Now, when you are doing the ones on the parochet, the psukim say, um, uh, the psukim say, um, it says, right, when it says you do on the kaporet, it says, first it says you do the par, then it says, v'shechat et ha-seir, v'yet ha-mom y'obidet la-parochet, v'asat ha-mok ha-sher sa-lut ha-mapar. So that's clearly, the par and the seir are separate. You even check the seir after the par. Then it says, v'chein yasel ha-omo-eid, which is the same one and seven on the inside, one and seven on the outside, the same way they're separate on the inside, they're separate on the outside on the parochas, although the Gemara dealt with what happens with the evidence they get mixed up. Now the question is going to be what happens by the Mizbeach. So the Pasuk says, the Yatzal Mizbeach asher lifnei Hashem v'chiper alav, v'lakach midam apar, midam ativ, v'natan al-konot ha-mizbeach saviv. And the question is, what does that mean? At this stage, are you taking from them both combined, mixed together, or are you doing one thing from the Dam Mapar and a separate thing from the Dam Hasa'ir? Then it says, So when it says finally the seven times, it means Hadam. So at that stage, there's no question they're mixed together. When it says the seven times, it says you take Min Hadam. So there's only one blood, they're mixed together. But how about when you're doing it on the corners, Midam mapar umidam hasair. Is that the two of them mixed, or is that each one separately? And that is the debate we're about to see. Our mission says you mix them, but we're about to see that that even before the corner, even for the sake of the corners, and uh, and the, we are about to see that for the debate. So let's take a look. Tanan, our mission goes. Not only would they be mixed for the seven on the top, which we're going to get to, but even for the corners. Um, Idmar, it was taught with Yoshev Rebbe Yonatan. Chadamar Ma'arvin, one says you mix them, but Chadamar Ma'arvin, you don't. She's time to have Yoshev Udamar Ma'arvin. Rebbe Yoshev will be the one that says that you combine them for your corners. The Amar, because we know in elsewhere, in general questions of interpreting the Psukim, Rebbe Yoshev says, Afagav Dulok Siv Yachdav, Kemandr Siv Yachdav Dami. As we mentioned yesterday, above in the Torah is often ambiguous. It doesn't mean and or or. So, for example, when the Torah says, does it mean only after you've smitten both your father and your mother? Or does it have to, or, or does it mean your father or your mother? So, so clearly, sometimes, sometimes, you can take either one of them? sometimes it means or. 
together, or it means this by itself and that by itself, and sometimes it means combined. So, uh, you know, nor, we would say, well, it depends on context. But the Gemara assumes that you have to have a default. What's your default assumption before you try to look at clues in the context to tell you maybe it means something different than the default? So Rabbi Yoshia says the default is that it means combined. So obviously he has a postdoc from Maccabi Vimo to tell you it means separate, or he learns out from context and from other clues it means separate. But his default is to say it means combined. So again, that statement is, Afagab the Loksiv Yachta, the universe doesn't explicitly say combined, Command the Siv Yachtav Dami. Our default assumption is that means combined. So when you say so the when corners, do you mean the corners at the bottom of the Mizdech or the corners? No, 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 the corners, the, 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 the horns, the horns, fine, the horns. You're right, that's more accurate, sorry. The horns. Okay, so, um, so he says, even though it doesn't say Yachtav, it's like it doesn't, the default is it means combined. So when it says Dama Par and Dama Seir, it means combined already by the, by the time you're doing the horns of the, uh, of the altar, you're combined, you're, they're combined. Okay. So the Gemara says no. A few tamer Rebbe Yonasan. It could even be Rebbe Yonasan who normally says that you assume it means separate. So Shani Hakad Dichsiv Achas. It says Achas. Meaning, what does it say? So this is not so clear that this is directly in this context. But after this, it says the Kivami Kapers Hakodesh. Where is it? Uh, much later, it says. Um, much later. Um, right at the very end, it says, the very end, like 20 seconds later. So somehow he says, that achas, is written much further, not clearly in the context of this is still saying that it's, that it's combined. And some of that achas combines them. So that's a pretty big stretch. But it says, you couldn't say, even if normally you don't say it means mixed, maybe you get from the achas, thank you so much, that comes much later, that it means mixed. No, so Rashi, let's Rashi say, the Where is it? Oh, it's um, Oh, thank you. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's Baizanis Deir Chazav. Thank you, Michael. By the Mizdeh Chazav in Tetzaveh, which is making the Mizdeh Chazav, it says, V'asisa Mizdeh, V'asisa Mizdeh, V'asisa Mizdeh, V'asisa Mizdeh, V'asisa Mizdeh, uh, Thank you, Michael. Yes, that's so. That's much more, much more in the location what we're talking. It says there at the end of the the making of it in Tzavah, Aaron will atone for once in the year from the blood of the Kippurim. So the once he is saying, and it says a twice, is saying that you combine the atonements. You do one act of atonement. Thank you, that makes a lot more sense. You do the bloods together on the Mizdeh. So you could have learned it from there, regardless of how you normally interpret above, whether it means combined or separate. Okay, Tanya de Lokeshinuyan. We taught a Brisa, not like our answer. Um, meaning that it's not about the Achaf, it's about how you normally, but that it's Rabbi Yoshia is in his normal position that Vav means combined. What does the Brisa say? They should be mixed. Again, not because it says achas, just the simple fact that it says both means mixed. That's what Rabbi Yoshia said. Rabbi Yonasan, top of Nun Chadamad Aleph, 
Rabbi Yosef Omer, no, Mizebich Neatmon, Mizebich Neatmon, exactly as we would have predicted. Rabbi Yosef says that it says this and this, it means combined, and Rabbi Yosef says it means separate. Amelo Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said Rabbi Yosef, Alok Farnemar Achas, so now Rabbi Yosef saying the way the Gemara would read is, look, according to me, just the fact that it says A and B means combined. You, who normally don't think A and B means combined, but it says over there in Titzav, it says once, one atonement, so you obviously do it once, not twice. Amalur Rabbi Yonasan, Rabbi Yonasan said back to him, Talog Farnemer Midama Par Midama Sa'ir. No, because if it wanted to say once, it would have said Midam Hapar Vihasa'ir. Since it says Midam Hapar Umidam Hasa'ir, that's to say Dama Par is separate and Dama Sa'ir is separate. So actually, I read from the Pasuk, not just normally I read a Vav as not meaning combined, but the fact that it says separately Midam Hapar Umidam Hasa'ir means separate. Okay, in Cain, Lamanera, Achat. So what do I do? You're insisting, oh, it says one atonement. means you combine them and you do one atonement. No, right. Lomalacha, well, that's true also. Lomalacha, but that's how you're reading it, the emphasis of Achat. Lomalacha, Achat, Veloshtay, Midamapar. Achat, Veloshtay, Midamapar. It means you don't do it twice from the blood of the ox. You don't do it twice from the blood of the seer. Each blood you do only once. But you don't, not that you do all the bloods combined in one act. Okay. Um... Tiny Eda, we've done another bright stuff. Alakach midama par midama seir. Shumu ravim zebezeh. Okay, again, Reb Yosha says, midama par umidama seir, A and B means you mix them together. Atama shumu ravim zebezeh, oeno nizebis neatmo, nizebis neatmo. Maybe it means A by itself and then B by itself, especially as we said, it says the word midama a second time. Tama lomar, achas. No, because if you had any doubts, it also says achat at the end of Tisavet, which we're interpreting to mean again, not just once in a year, but one atonement. The stomach Rebbe Yosha, so that price is going like Rebbe Yosha. Joseph points out, it's the fact that it needs achat might not be going like Rebbe Yosha. Rebbe Yosha could have done it just with the vav, but at the end of the day, the opinion there that you do, that you mix them together, that's the Rebbe Yosha opinion as we've seen. So there are two reasons to say you mix them together. One, how you normally interpret a vav, and number two, the fact that it says once, it says the word once twice <laughs> over at the end of Tetzavah to underscore one act of atonement and that's Rabbi Yosha but there's still a position of Rabbi Yosha that you only mix it when you get to the top when you're doing the, the horns you are doing them separately Rabbi, yes Rabbi is uh, Rabbi Yosha uh, attributed as the Nasadja of Brighton um, or to Rabbi Chi and Rabbi Yosha uh, no Rabbi 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 Chia and Rabbi Yoshia or something. Yeah. I can't remember. So, Sefta or the Brighton? Co, what is it? The Lotan and Bey Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yoshia. No, isn't it? Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yoshia are the Brighton and Rabbi Yoshia. Yeah. That's all. And they're arguing over who? Yeah. I think it's Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yoshia that are the Masadre, Tosefta, and Brighton. Yeah. I can double check, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. So, now you've mixed the two together. Um, you pour the. Now it's quite interesting, actually, because remember, the blood of the ox is bigger. So I would have imagined is more, more quantity. So you. So it says, if you remember, the language says, "Ima dama parutok You pour the blood of the ox into the one of the goats. If anything, I would have thought you pour the one that's smaller quantity into the one that's larger quantity, just for the issues of spillage and all those types of issues. But you, the last thing you did was the goat. You did the goat on the parochet or in front of the parochet. So that's the one you're holding. 
So you pick up the Dhamma's par and you pour it into it. Although still, I would say you pick this up and then... Pour. Anyway, but that's the way the mission is. So it must be that even if there's a greater quantity, even if the goat is lesser quantity, the size of the bowls must have been you're similar. The same size bowls? Well, that, they must have been similar because if you're mixing them, they must have actually been big enough to accommodate both because you're mixing them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so you, you last give the CEO, you take the par off of the, uh, off the pedestal, you pour it into the goat blood, and then it says, then it says you reverse it like you when you mix things <laughs> Well, you pour one, eight, you know, like somebody said, like seven bottles, right? You pour, it this way, you pour it that way. Okay, so right. So Donovan said you that. Can lift such a bowl with one hand. Well, I have I no mean, idea. Not, no. not, not when it's part of blood. Look, this would make a lot more sense if you didn't say you caught all of the blood. But the fact that they, we, we've been assuming you catch all the blood makes it harder to undertake, to really, you know, envision. Nothing of Hamalgarekan. Anyway, after you're done, after you pour the, the, the ox into the goat, then you pour what's the full into the empty, the mixture back into the empty. So, by me, Rami Barkham Rev Chisa. Rami Barkham asked Rev Chisa, and you'll see how this will tie in. Mizrak Betoch Mizrak, the Kiba Bosa Dam. In normal case, forget Yom Kippur, you put one receiving bowl into another, and you use that for the act of Kabbalah Dam. So, you had a bowl inside of a bowl, and the animal was shechted, and, and the blood came out, and you caught it in the inner bowl, but you were holding the outer bowl. You were holding, right? Because one was, like, you know, fit into the other. So, what do you do? So, I mean, what's the Lacham? Mahu. Mean bimino chotzeitz? Do we say a one type and its own type will still be a division? It's a bowl and a bowl, but nevertheless, that's an obstruction and a division, and therefore you're not considered to be touching and holding the bowl, and the kohen has to hold the bowl. Oh, eno chotzeitz, or maybe it's not a chotzeitz. Amalei, he says in Tanitua, we taught it in our Mishnah. Nothing as amali bereikan. You put the full one in the empty one. So he understood what that meant was not what we said. My love. What it meant is you took the full bowl and you put it into, not you poured the content, you put the full bowl into the empty bowl. Now that would be bizarre. What would be the point? I mean, it's a, okay, you can read the mission that way, but why would you bother doing that? Why all of a sudden do you want to hold two bowls? Anyway, that's what he thought it meant. And then you're going to go and you're going to, you know, put it on the altar. So it's an avoda that you have to be holding the bowl. And so presumably there's no difference whether you're catching the blood or placing <coughs> the blood. And you can be holding it through an inter- with another blood in the b- bowl in the way. So, my love, does it not mean hoshiv mizok male, but letok mizok reikan. You put the full bowl into the empty bowl. Lo. No, that's not what it means. It means, ira mizok male, letok mizok reikan. So you poured the full bowl into the empty bowl. So the Gemara says, We already got you mixing it. You poured the blood of the cow, of the ox, into that of the goat. No. Today, you want to pour it back into the empty bowl to mix them well, which is clearly the shot of the Mishnah. Otherwise, as Michael said, what would be the point, even if it meant to put the full one? Okay, so that's why we're discussing this, because it was a possible lead of our Mishnah. But now that we're discussing it, we're going to focus on this question. Can you have one bowl in another bowl? Do we say, or not? So let's take a look. It says, Tashma, come in here. Um, if his Kohen was standing on a vessel, this is a normal case, normal day, doing the avota, but he's not standing directly on the floor. He would normally be barefoot on the floor. 
Um, and the idea is, is that the same way, you know, that the floor of the Mikdash uh, uh, sort of uh, imparts sanctity, you know, it has to also, he has to be connected to that floor as well. So then we also need the body, the person of the Kohen, the body of the Kohen to be touching the vessels. All these are seen as like types of, you know, clay charade. By the way, the whole idea, you know, nowadays you talk about like a rabbinic staff of a show, you know, you talk about them as the clay kodesh. Right? right? So that idea, look, a lot of this is in the Torah already when the Torah speaks about, you know, you go through this whole process of sanctifying the tailing and the base of Mikdash and the base of Mikdash, right, through these korbanot and the sprinkling and the Shemana Mishra, and you also then sanctify the Kohanim. So the idea is that their bodies also becomes a type of a clay sharet. So the same way, so therefore you have to be, it's about also what is their, where their body physically is directly in contact with. So their body has to be in contact with the floor, and their body has to directly be in contact with the clay charet and with the, you know, with the, with the other things that they are using. And that's why there's an issue of chatzitza. So it says, if he was not standing directly on the floor, but he was standing on a vessel that was, that was between him and the floor. Oh, or on his friend's foot, okay, one foot on the other, and he was doing the avoda, it's invalid because he was not directly touching the floor. So that seems to be a proof that mean benino is close because it's his foot and his friend's foot and it's considered to be an obstruction even though they're both feet. They're both, you know, body. So the Gemara says, don't you see their mean benino chotzeitz? So the Gemara says, no. Shani regel dulo mati mevatole. No, a foot is different because you cannot annul it. What does it mean to not know? It's like, the guy says, look, excuse me, I'm going to need my foot here. <laughs> you cannot, you, you can't basically control the other guy's foot and keep it there for as long as you want it. So therefore, its ability to be considered to be like, you know, like, like, well, okay, there's a question about what mevatele means. In general, I mean, not what it means, but the significance. In general, there's a question about a chatitza, right? What is the, um, what is the um, concern I mean, how do you conceptualize the idea of a chatzitza? Because I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, an example, you know, where this plays out. So Allah is, if you're not machbit of something on your body, then it's not chotzeit. I've got this thing on my body, but you know, I don't mind that it's here. So, okay, fine, then it's not a chatzitza. Why is that? It's still preventing, I mean, the most normal case is when you go to the mikvah, it's still preventing water to get on your body. Why? Just because you don't care that it's there, that you're not machbit, is it not a chatzitza? What do you mean a thing on your body? Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's say a band-aid, a band-aid. Yeah, okay, I want it there, right, perfectly, yeah, that's why I have it on. I, I want it there, I don't want it off, so it's not a chatzitza, okay. Why is that? So there's two explanations. One is that it's not enough that it prevents the water from getting on your body. To be defined as a chatzitza, it has to sort of actively have an identity <coughs> as a foreign body, as an obstruction in a foreign body. So even though in practice this is preventing water from getting on my body, it's not a foreign body because it's only foreign if I actively don't want it there. If I don't care if it's there or not, it's not considered a foreign body. That's one idea. That has to be labeled a chatzitza. The other idea goes into the opposite direction. It says, no, actually it's a problem. Water isn't getting on your body. But if you don't mind, then it becomes considered like tassel, secondary to your body. It becomes considered like part of your body. And therefore, even though water doesn't get on your body, it only gets on the bad thing. But the bad thing now is part of your body. Now, there's a huge gap between those because this is, one says it's only a problem when it's actively defined as a chatzitza. The other says, until you can define it as part of your body, okay, then it's going to be a problem. So the, pr- the difference is the whole huge middle scenario, right? That I don't want it to actively be part of my body. I'm not defining it as part of my body, but another hand, I don't actively want it off. And a lot of the debates, by the way, in contemporary halachas about chatzitza have to do with where you fall on that divide. Like a lot 
lot of people would actually say bandage is chasitza because even though I don't mind that it's on right now eventually I want it off and we can't really call it part of my body so that's like the debate you have to call it part of your body to make it okay or do you just not have to call it an obstruction and then it's an okay so what's this idea of not mevatele so the easiest thing to say mevatele is if you buy a chasitza need it to be considered part of your body so here by the kli you would need it to be considered like to become part of the kli so I can't make your foot part of my body. Your foot is always going to be something you're going to want to keep to yourself. <laughs> right? If I got two vessels, like I say, yeah, they're combined and it's all the same thing. It's all like it's one big thing, like it's one big vessel. It's mean bamino. It's not foreign matter. Right? It's not a foreign object. It's all the same men. It's all one. But not your foot. Your foot is always going to be separate. That's the easiest way to understand Loma Vasile. But the other way is, even if you understand, like, the idea that is it like a foreign body, Loma Vasile could also say that. It's one thing when it's my vessels, or the base of Mikdash's vessels, but nobody minds what I'm doing with them. I could say it's not, it's not foreign. It's not out of the place. But your foot is something you're always going to want to take away, right? So therefore, it always has a status of something foreign. Um, and therefore, even if it is mean but mean, it always remains a foreign thing, and therefore, it remains a chazi. Yeah, I, I understand how you say okay. other vessels, part of your vessel, they're clearly made separately. I mean, so, right. you're saying it's temporarily, you can define it as that. Yeah, so that would be the idea, which is, I understand, that's actually the harder con- way. There's more reason to say that it's just enough not to be a foreign body. It's harder to say that all the things that are in Chatzitza start becoming like one with the thing. Rashi is cute. Rashi, Rashi says, Gabi, Rashi says, I'm not going to let you stand on my foot until you're done doing what you need to do. I'm going to want it back now. So therefore, that's different. That will always be a Chatzitza. Okay, so let's go look back at the Gemara. Um, okay, Igadami, some say, here's the question. Oh, ain't there a Chatzitza, I'm not bothered. I'm going to assume it's not a chatzitza. It's all mean bimino, by the one vessel and the other. It's all the same thing. It's all considered one thing. It's not as foreign. It's, all, it's not a chatzitza. But the question is, when you do the avoda, it's lamod lisharet. It has to be a way of serving. And is it considered an appropriate way to serve, you know, God or, you know, a master to do one vessel in another vessel? So maybe the problem is in the action, not so much in the physical connection. So okay. is now no it's assuming chatzitza isn't a problem and it wants to know is it a problem of just the okay. action of derech sheiros okay so derech sheiros pekach or ain't derech sheiros pekach maybe that would be unique to the issue of a vote of the base of mikdash for other halachas mean bimino wouldn't be a chatzitza okay tarshma come in here the time of the day Rabbi Shmael Rabbi Shmael teaches as kol kolei hasareis asher yishar to bam bakodesh all the holy vessels that they will serve with them in the plural in the in the ho- in the holy shnei kelim two bum the sheiros achas one asher yishar two right they will serve with them so as opposed to saying multiple services no one service with multiple vessels so shnei kelim sheiros achas so that seems to be the conclusion a it's not a chatzitza and b it considers to be derech sheiros pekach which is fascinating. You could have assumed either one was a problem. The Gemara seems to say both are okay. So, boy, me ne rabbi barchama and rafchiza. So, rabbi barchama asked rafchiza the final question. Let's say you put a um, a sieve, a um, uh, what would you call um, if a wick? Not what, what do they make like those uh, wicker baskets out of? Wicker. No, I know. But what's that called? Ta- what? Bass. Bath. Anyway, something like that. Something like that palm. What do you call that whole, you know, the, 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 the thing is like, the thing that, anyway. Palm bath. 
Palm bath? Yeah, bath? Anyway. Okay, okay, ah, there you go. Palm. Anyway, so one of these types of a porous material, right, a plant type of porous material, Steve is like a vine that grows around the tree, right? So it's uh, right now it's chotate, but if you leave the blood in long enough, the blood will seep through. <coughs> right? And that actually is also a very important halakha by chasitva, something that is water permeable even if water isn't getting through right away. One of the hardest questions about chasitza for mikvah is a um, person with an ear infection, a woman with an ear infection, because you can say, well, you put in a plug and I need it there, but how could you say that it's like, an, an, like you know, it's anomastid right now, sure, you want it in your ear right now because you need to protect your ear or whatever, but the whole point is to keep the water out. So how could you call it not a chasitza if its whole function is to keep the water out? So it's a good question how to deal with that. So, you know, Ravad Yosef's basic approach is that even so, even though its purpose is to keep it out since you need it now and you need it for health purposes at this state, right now it's considered part of your body. Rav Moshe basically talks about sort of putting, like coating a cotton thing with Vaseline and putting it in your ear and that the Vaseline, will, sort of that will keep it tight but he says, but because it's cotton, and eventually, if you were in long enough, the water could eventually get through the Vaseline and permeate, and therefore, since it's theoretically possible for it to be water permeable, even though now the water is not getting through, that, you know, that would be a reason. You know, he has other note as well, but the idea of using something that's water permeable, even if right now the water isn't getting through, makes it, you know, it's something that would, you say, it's not a chatzitza problem, and that's exactly this question as well. You put something that's anomino, you put this type of a cast or whatever, this permeable thing in the base, the du- blood doesn't hit the actual base of the kli, but if you leave it long enough, it'll seep through. Is that a chatzitza or not? So, because it's something different, it's chotzitz. Oh, ain't chotzitz or not? And now we're going to expel the spell out. Since it is mechalchel, it is porous. And the blood will eventually seep through its mouth. Oh, it's Odiomaloshma, maybe it doesn't matter. Right now the blood has to hit the vessel. On the way, he said to him, Tanina, we talked. Zo a Mishnah by Paraduma. If you dropped a sponge into the water of the Paraduma, okay, then um, then okay, you can't use the water that's in the sponge. The water that's in the sponge is not you know, touching the, uh, what do you call it, the, um, um, the, ve- the bottom of the vessel. It's not water yet, it's absorbed in the sponge. But you can, well, presume, I don't know, but anyway, but you can use the rest of the water that's in the vessel. Now, why can you use the rest of the water that's in the vessel? Some of that water is on top of the sponge, and it hasn't touched the base of the vessel. So why can you use it? Okay, so it says, um, so, da 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 um, one minute. Okay. Uh, so even so the Mar says like this. Um so Shani Maya the Klishi. Now that's different. Water is very um um, what's the op- opposite of viscous? It's very thin. It's very uh, non-viscous. So anyway, <laughs> so water will easily seep through something. So therefore, we we agree to the principle of porous. In principle, porous is not a chatzitza. It's something will easily seep seep through it. But if it will only go over a large, per- a long period of time, it's very viscous and only come after a long period of time. Maybe that is considered a chatzitza. So we're not sure. Basically, we agree to the principle. The question is one of degree. Igadami, others say, No, actually, he did conclude, Bidam Kasher, if you want to use this for blood, it's fine, because the blood will seep through eventually. Bikomet puzzle. But if you have your vessel lined with this, uh, what do you call it? Pu- what do you call it, Charlie? Bath. 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 Bath.
whatever the palm you know for, you know leaf if you are, and you use and you put it for the hand breath for the mincha that's no good because that's a solid so for solids it is a chatzitza for liquids it's not since eventually it will get through it is not considered and again this is a very important principle by Hilchot chatzitza that something that is water permeable even if the water won't get through immediately um, is not considered to be a chatzitza since eventually it could get through you can't prove it from water but the end of the decision was yeah actually you know what we're fine blood and water will be the same it's a liquid eventually it'll get through so Gemara concludes very leniently a, that this isn't a chatzitza. B, min benino isn't a chatzitza. C, not only that, but even derech sheiris bekach, it's not considered a problem in the act of sheiris. Now, this, one of the, Tosos asks on this, I want to just point out an important idea, that there's a Gemara in Sukkah that talks about what happens if I make a handle on my, like I use a, 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 a what do you call it, a handkerchief to make a handle for my lulav. And I stick my lulav in, like, you know, in, you know, in this like handle that I've made, and I hold my lulav like that. So the Gemara wants to know that maybe that's not a chatzitsa, you know, because it's uh, because this is like, you know, it's rikicha yidei davarache. I'm taking it via something else. As a, so that's also considered an act of rikicha. Uh, by the way, the reason we make the whole uh, accordion thing for whatever is because it's all out of the uh, lulav thing, so it's mean bemino. But the Gemara there suggests, right, that that would not be a problem. So Tosa says, so why here? You know, why here do we have this whole issue? Why isn't it just Lakicha Yedei Davarachia? So it says, well, maybe it makes a difference, right? Am I using the thing as a handle? Or am I actually trying to hold the thing, but something is in the way? So he says, for example, if, here, can I do this for a second? If this were my vessel, and this were the vessel in the vessel, if I was holding it like this, right? That would be Lakicha Yedei Davarachia. I'm just using the outer vessel as a handle, and then that should be okay. The problem is that when I hold it like this, I'm really, it's the same act I would be doing if the vessel was directly in my hand and now something is interfering. So how you hold it, is it or is it trying to take the thing but something else is in the way? That's one difference. But then he says a very important other difference. is describing the act. The Torah when it says by, by taking the lulav, it says it never says your hand has to touch the lulav. It says lachem. What does it mean to take something? Does it mean to directly touch it? Or maybe if I take it through with a handle, I'm also taking it. Okay? So maybe it's not an issue of chatzitza at all. Maybe it's just an issue of defining the act of lakicha. Well, is that a lakicha? Am I taking something when it's in its case? Maybe not, but maybe yes when it's in a handle. But there, conceptually, it's only about the act. Like when the Gemara moves out to say it's about considered derech shavus. By, by serving in the base of Mikdash, it's more than just the act of shavus and the act of taking the blood. It's the idea of the physical contact, and that's more of an issue of chatzitza than just an issue of an act. So if you look at the last line of Tosos Min Bimino, he says like this. He says, or two lines from the bottom. First word is tirait. Even if you took it through like another, you know, you used it as a handle. Why? Even if a handle is okay by a lulav, it's taking it through something. If you make it like a handle, it's still, you took it, so you took the lulav, because you used it through a handle. But the Kohen must take, the point is you need the Atmo Shel Kohen. Lo mikri lekicha ba'atzmo shel kohen. There the idea is the 
the Kohen has to be in contact with it. So by Yilululav, it's just what constitutes an act of taking. It's taking something directly, or can you take it with a handle? So you still said, I took it. Fine, I took it. But that's different than saying, I touched it. By the Klisharis, it's like you have to directly touch the thing. And therefore, the question there is much more one of Chatzitza than it would be by other things, because there, there's a requirement of directly touching. Like by the mikvah, if your body touches the water, their issues of Chatzitza are much more heightened than they are when we require an act of taking, where, okay, Chatzitza might be a problem, but it's only a problem because it defines it maybe that you didn't take it. Not because that there's a requirement that it be directly in contact. He would say that the coin himself that actually take it. And that's what he puts his hands under hers and, and they wave it. So he's not actually taking it then. Uh, okay, so there are, all right. I mean, yeah, there are some times that the act is, um, that's, that's true, by the tnufa. But, um, um, let me look at that. Let me get, let, let me check into that. Okay, so let's take a look now. It's turned to the Yom Bet, and now, and now, bigger daf, no tosis. Okay, let's take a look. Rather than the machal sale, you translate yeah. it as forest? Yeah. I was thinking, but these kapalam are coming over. I was like, we're with that word. Maybe blood rest or pain. Oh. How do, they, how do they translate it there? I thought it meant like something can flow through. It has the ability for something to flow through. Yeah, maybe. Right, the blood flew to it. But although tachal normally means like tremble, like tremble. Gemara defines it a line later. I think that's the zolay kaholim. In other words, that's whatever mechalchel means. It means it means the liquid gets through. How do you translate it there? Okay. Anyway, let's take a look now. That was interesting. You're saying you're assuming for the top. No, water. Ah, okay. Well, well said. Okay. So now we talked about mixing it, but now we're act- and we talked about doing the blood separate. But this mission uh, on the horns. But this mission is actually going to look at the pasta. What is that? Hashem alav is what the pasta says. Now, which mizbech is lichnei Hashem? There are two mizbech. That's the golden altar, okay? Because Asher Lishnei Hashem means closest to the Kodesh Kadashim, the golden altar. And also we know from the other cases by, you know, when you did something that the blood was done inside the Heichal, that it would be on the golden altar. You would begin to put the blood on the corners. because it's chatat. So the verb for making it, putting the blood is called mechate. And you're raised that your finger would move in a downward motion. And we'll discuss that. Where do you begin? You start at the northeast, Tzvonit, Maravit, northwest, Maravit, Tzvonit, um, southwest, Tzvonit, Mizrachit, southeast. Okay? Matam Shumatchia Bachatat, where you begin by a chatas, Al Mizbecha Chitzon, on the outer altar, Mishal Yagom Al Mizbecha Pnimi, that's where you would finish on the inner altar. So what does that mean? It means. Let's talk for a minute about the outer altar. Right. If you remember the outer altar, you go to the top, you turn right, which is counterclockwise, and you come down. So here, where do you end? On which corner? You end at the southwest corner, right? Mm-hmm. Is that clear? Yes? Mm-hmm. Now here, it says, where does it say you start? Mikaren Mizrachit Svonit. 
So northeast, and then you do what? Then, then northwest, right? Mizachit Sonit Sonit Maravi. So here you, you also go counterclockwise. You start here, and you end here. So Makom, uh, so you end at the southeast. So it says Makom Shehuda. You that right? Makom Shumachia Bechatat So you start in the southeast. Sham Hayagomer Amitbechatnimi. Okay. So you also do counterclockwise, but you start at this corner. Now, why do you start at this corner? Right? Why wouldn't you start at one of the first ones that you hit? So here we're going to say, because it says, Vyasa El Hamifea. So Vyasa means you get completely outer from where you, from your zone. You, you leave that zone, and you're now at the outer section. So the outer is, you come out here, and you start here, and then you go counterclockwise. Out to the southeast. Now, why? So going to be the pin in the southeast would be another place to start. So we'll see about that. All right, so we'll see all of that. We'll see all of that. Okay. So, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer says, You would not actually walk around the altar, but you would stand where you were standing. Oh. And it was small. It was an ama by an ama. As it was the, exact, the whole size of the golden altar was the size of a horn of the outer altar. Okay? So he says, you could just stand there and do the whole thing. You don't have to walk around. Okay. Now, Kulan saying Milmata Lamala, and this is still within Rebbe Eliezer that he would have you standing in one place. So he says on all of them. But we'll see that. Uh, and it, he did. He, well, you, you could have said right. It you'd be matzah and pudding. But anyway, but it, but implicitly is, and we'll see that anymore. Now, on all of them, you would put from top to bottom, except from this one, which you would, which is in front of you, which you would put. I'm sorry, all of them you put from bottom well, to I top, except from this one you put from top to bottom. What's the reason? So basically, the altar is two amas high, which is about um, what's that? About three feet. So three feet, apparently, I don't know, I didn't measure, apparently higher than your normal arm height. Is that right? No. No. Rashi says it is. Oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe three feet is like this table. Maybe three feet plus the horn. I don't know. Rashi says that you have to be having your your, your, your arm up at an angle. Maybe people were shorter back then. Maybe there was the corner. Or maybe hoaxed by a higher, a larger depth. So, assuming... Assuming, I'm going to assume like Rashi is there, well, right, because this would clearly have to be like four feet, five feet, anyway, that you have to start high up, not like this. So then he says like this, then he says, if you are close to yourself, close here, so how would it work? He said all of them it would be from the bottom up, but if I'm here and I'm going from, I'm here, I'm going from the bottom up like this, I'm trying to do it this way, the blood is going to, or this way, you know, if you do the bottom up, then the blood is going to like run down. So therefore, he says, the one near me, I have to do the top-bottom. But the ones farther away, I would do bottom-up. But if I'm right near me, and my arm is angled, I mean, if my arm were like that, I could do it, right? But if my arm is like this, then the blood is going to run Where down. Is that he can the column with the blood? What? What? The blood is there in the in, in, in a column, right? No, no, he's holding it. No, he's holding it now. Yeah, he had it temporarily when he was switching, but now he's mixed them and he's holding it. Yeah, but you don't. But you can put your finger in and do it if you're careful. You can put your finger in. So take a look at the Rashi. Say, Rashi where he says. So you dip again, okay? Let's take a look at Rashi. Rabbi Yezer Omer. It's about eight lines down in the narrow lines. 
So the ones that are father, he, he can do from bottom up. The ones that's right in front of him. You can't, again, presumably if you're going from bottom up, then your palm is facing upwards. Okay? And you can't do that. Because so your your finger will be upwards. It's like limsho chamatana melmala lamata. Sheimoshcha melmata lamala hadam zavu toch beit yada. Right. So if you're going like this, right, then the blood is going to flow down like that. So you have to go like now. Theoretically, you could do this. But Rashi is assuming that if you're going if you're going bottom up, you're doing it like this, and top down, you're going like that. So if it's right in front of you, you're afraid that if you do this type of emotion, the rod blood will run down. So you have to do it like that. Okay, and which is why the first opinion said because the first one that says you would walk around would ha- have you doing it every corner would be in front of you you'd be directly in front of each corner so again the only <coughs> way to do it in a clean way would be this if you did it in this way in the corner right in front of you there would be a concern that it would get onto your garment his sleeves were tight around his wrist oh I don't know I also always assumed they were loose they're loose he puts his finger in it's that's true alright um um okay um sprinkled on the purity of the altar we'll see what that means seven times right it says it, what, the Pasuk says uh what does it say um it says you should sprinkle on it seven times that's Bao. Oh, it doesn't say where on it. Then it says Vitiharo Vikidishon to Mopan Israel. So borrowing that language of Tihar, we're saying you sprinkle on the Tihar of the Torah of the Mizbeh, not clear what that means. We will see. The rest of the blood would be poured at the base the western base of the outer altar. Because you come out here, so you hit the western base first and you pour it on the western base. Right? That's what the Pasuk says. Okay, um, it actually just says, uh, does it say to do the blood, or we just learned it out from elsewhere? Um, it doesn't actually, does it say, it doesn't say here right here, one minute. Yeah, it doesn't say here that you pour the blood out, but it says it elsewhere by the inner chata'ot that you pour the blood at the base. Um... Um, but when you had blood left from the, this altar you would do it on the southern base because you would come here you'd come around you'd come down and the base closest to you when you would come down would be the southern base so here you do the western base that's what you hit first and here you would do the southern base um, uh, uh, okay all the blood doesn't matter which base you pour them in they would all eventually mix together and go through the funnel that was in the, or the uh, trough in the floor of the, of the Azara. The Yotzimunachal Kidron would go out to the Wadi of Kidron. That's where the, you know, that's where like the, the pipe, the, as it were, the sewage pipe would empty out into. And it would be sold to, gar- to uh, farmers. Um, uh, for use for, um, for uh, what do you call it? For fertilizer, because of, you know, very high in nutrients. But until they actually paid for it, there was still a prohibition of Mi'ila because this was sanctified blood. We will discuss that, not today, but tomorrow. Okay, let's take a look at the Gemara. What does it mean to go out? 
We find by the, this was the, one of the other things that are done on the inside, not on Yom Kippur, an ox that would be brought because everybody sinned based on a ruling of the basin. Um, we find there that the actual sprinkling, now this is a shocker, the sprinkling when the Kohen Gadol, when the Kohen does it for the par, the ox is brought for all the mitzvot, he stands here and he sprinkles seven times. Now remember, he doesn't have to hit the parochet, which is a good thing, although yesterday we did have a position to Rabbi Eliezer that he did hit the parochet. And if you remember, this whole thing here is 40 amos, right? This is 20 amos, this is 40 amos, right? Remember that? Right? So, that's a lot, and this is towards the front, that's a long way to be trying to get blood, according to Rabbi Eliezer, I don't know how he did it. He stands out here and he sprinkles in that direction. Okay? So, um... Can't go over the Mizbeah. Yeah, I mean he does a tour, but again, other than Rabbi Eliezer, you didn't have to hiss. So, but okay, so we'll see how we know that in a minute. Yachol um, Avzekin, maybe this one, this on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol has to stand outside the Mizbeah when he sprinkles on the parochas. Talmud Lomar Viatsa El Mizbeah. No, it's after he sprinkles on the parochas, then he goes outside the Mizbeah. Hechan Haya, where was he until this point when he was doing the parochas? On the inner part of the altar, between the altar and the parochas. And only afterwards is he viyatsad, does he go outside. So that's do, discussing it from the perspective of Yom Kippur. Now we're going to just say the same thing from the perspective of the par, of, uh, of Kola Mitzvah. Tanya Edoch, we taught it in another price. Lisnea Shema Tamud Lomar. Why does it say before God? Right? Viyatsal Mizbeach Hashem Lisnea Hashem. Because on Yom Kippur, we know, he's on the inside. As we said, only after he's done is it Viyatsa. So, and he sprinkles on the parochas when he's doing that part. He's between the parochas and the Mizbeach. Maybe it's true also by the par of uh, Kola Mitzvot. So it says, he shall sprinkle on the Mizbeach of the Ketoros, which is before God. So, Mizbeach Lifnei Hashem. The Mizbeach is before God. The Ein Kohen Lifnei Hashem. But the Kohen isn't before God, even when it does the sprinkling on the Farochas. How would it be? He stands outside and does the sprinkling. Now, the funny thing about that is, is that that's what it says when he gets to the Mizbeah, right? The Pasuk in Vayikra, where it speaks about that, says, uh, right. So when he's putting the blood on the horns, it says, It didn't say that when he said he sprinkled on the parochas. Nevertheless, we learn out that the Mizbeach, for the, for the, for not for Yom Kippur, but for the par of all mitzvot, the Mizbeach is always Bishnei Hashem, he's always here. So even when he does the seven, he's standing here, and then he does it. Or on Yom Kippur, he does the seven on the altar here, and then he comes out and he does the Mizbeach. Okay? That's the Vyatsah. Okay. He's come the And Yom Kippur, he does the seven and the one standing here. Right? He does one and seven, and then he does another one and seven for the par. And then this here. Right? And then he, then he mixes him. Right? That's what we have. He, he, they get mixed. The one vessel. Okay, he mixes it. Right? And then the yatsa. And then he does this. Right? So he's standing here when he does the seven and one. 
okay, and then it's the Yatsa Elamisea. Yatsa Elamisea, okay? As opposed to by the other things he stands here. I mean, uh, even, even when he's there. Which, by the way, besides the issue of distance, you know, again, emphasizing the greater intimacy and the greater closeness that you get on Yom Kippur, it's important to note that difference. Okay, yeah. When, when they spill it out here, there's a drain. What? Where is the drain on the inside? There is no drain, but it was only a few drops. Yeah. So that doesn't make... No, that just stays. Unless, yeah, exactly. And right. it's all the stuff they would pour. It's all the stuff they would pour on the base. It's not the stuff they would put on the horns up here didn't get mixed. That would stay on the horns. I don't know if they would ever wash them. Yeah, there's a train in the base. Oh, yeah, but that's for the wine. I'm looking for the blood. What? The inside is there. Yeah. The blood is just... Yeah, I don't know if they would ever wash it. Right. I don't know. So he didn't spill that. No, no, no. He spills it out here. It says he comes out here and he spills it on the Yisrael Hadroni. It's forcing. Forcing. Yeah. And that supposedly finds its way... Yeah. Somehow there's a channel. I don't know where the channel is. Somehow, you know, it finds its way here and then it goes out. Right. Yeah. When Kondo sends the east of the inner altar, the inner altar of incense, yes. do you think he's, and he's sprinkling towards the Baroque, do you think he's standing uh, north or south of the actual altar, or do you think he's sprinkling right over the altar? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, I really don't know. You mean by the other thing, by the Par Helen Zava? Yes. yes. Yeah, I don't know. Do people drink the water that, uh, from the stream? Right. They use it for fertilizer. After it came out of the base of Mikdash, after it had the sewage of the base of Mikdash. It would merge. It would get. They used water. There wasn't so much spring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I I imagine that this wasn't the stream. That some water from the stream was was diverted here, and then it became like a sewage pipe. But it didn't mean that this was the whole stream. I understand the sewage pipe emptied. I don't understand the problem. Here's our bias, right? Here's the, sewage, here's the sewage pipe. It enters into Nahal Kidron. Everybody and that's that. just the sewage. That doesn't mean that's the whole stream. That's just the Everybody sewage. Everybody did that until about a hundred years. Anyway, I don't, I don't understand the problem. I don't understand the problem. That's the sewage. That's the water that was diverted for the sewage. It doesn't mean... Yes, when it goes out to Nachal Kidron... Excuse me, the end of the mission is it goes out to Nachal Kidron. There's a treasure of the base of Mikdash standing there collecting that and selling everything that comes out to gardeners to use as fertilizers. That's what the mission says. If I'm downstream, I just want to have a cup of water. I have to pay the treasure of the base of Mikdash to drink water? No, this is just what's the runoff of the sewage. It doesn't... Nachal is a wadi. Nachal, excuse me. Nachal is a wadi. Nachal is not a river. Nachal is a wadi. It is not a river. I think that's the problem. We're not talking that it goes into another water source. No, it is a sewage pipe that enters into a wadi, not into a water source, and that sewage is collected and sold to gardeners. You're saying Nahal is a man-made... No, Nahal is a wadi, not a river. Nahal Kidron does not have water flow through it all the years. But when it doesn't... Okay, so... Like in the rainy season... So, I don't know what would be when it had water flow through the end of this pipe yeah, exactly. that caught right. all the runoff from the Mikdash right. and then there was a little guy with a table 
measuring cups and it was like selling right. the margin. But yes, the, the difference, okay. The, the water would flow through the Right, the lack of clarity was that the Nacha was basically a dry wadi. Okay, let's read a little bit more. Tanur Abanan. So south east, Dromit Maravit, southwest, Maravit Sonit, northwest, Sonit Mizrachit, northeast, Yivir Rebbe Akiva. So this is a different position. This starts in the southeast. Okay, so this position starts in the starts in the southeast, and then what would it go after the southeast? Dromit Maravit. So then it would go southwest. So this position would actually start here, and rather than this, which would go this way and start here, this position would start in the southeast and go this way, and it would go in the opposite direction. Okay. So what is that debate going to be? So let's just see if we can quickly see that. Okay. Div Rebbe Akiva. I'm sorry. Div Rebbe Akiva. Yosef Lili Omer Mikar Mizrachit Sfonit. No, he would start northeast, like we had said, Tzvonit Maravit, and he would go counterclockwise. Northwest, Maravit, Romit, southwest, Romit, Mizrachit, southeast. Mokom Sheb Yosef Matchia, where Rabbi Yosef would begin. Sham, Rabbi Akiva, Poseik, that's where Rabbi Akiva would end. Okay? Mokom Sheb Yosef Matchia, where Rabbi Akiva would begin. Sham, Rabbi Yosef Gaglili Poseik. Okay, so what is this about? So the Chuleyama Mia, but who carried the Pagabaresha low of it? Everybody agrees you did not start with the first corner you hit because that would have been one of the ones on the west, not the ones on the east. So my time, why? Amr Shmuel, Amr Kra, the Atsa El Nizbech, to exit to the altar. Adinafik Mikul El Nizbech, you have to be outside. Okay, so now, fine, but that's how it's being read. Rabbi Akiva, now we have two questions. A, why is one north and one south? And also, why is one clockwise and one's counterclockwise? So if you remember, we always assume counterclockwise, yeah, yeah. like we do here. So why is Rabbi Akiva going clockwise? Rabbi Akiva, Nekuf Deret Yamin, go counterclockwise. So Lema, Rami Bar Maybe they debate Rami Bar Yecheskel. I'm a Rami Bar Yecheskel. Yam Shasa Shlomo, the Yam of Shlomo, the big, you know, uh, mikvah that Shlomo had in the base of Mikdash. So what does the Pesach say? Omer Oshnei Masar Bakar was on these 12, you know, figures of cattle, like uh, molten cattle. Shlosh Ponim Tzafona, three north. Shlosh Ponim Yama, three west. Shlosh Ponim Negba, three south. Shlosh Ponim Mizracha, three east. So if you think about it going from the north to the west, that's your counterclockwise movement. So that Pesach shows you counterclockwise. And the, the, and the, their backs, their, their tuchuses were all like inner. They were, you know, the fair heads were facing out. Fine. Okay. Halamarita, from there you learn, that you're always turning to the, to the right and turning to the east. So maybe this is debated. Maybe Rebbe Yikiva doesn't believe in the general idea of turn to the right, of counterclockwise. No. Yeah. That's, that's clockwise. That's clockwise. Not counterclockwise. No, 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 no. It's always seen as you're facing on the inside. Maybe one holds like Rami Bar Is it possible that Rabbi Akiva basically rejects the idea of counterclockwise? One says, low. No. The Chulema, Eastwood Rami Bar Everybody agrees the general rule is counterclockwise. The Hacha, Bahaka Miflugi, Marsava Yaninam Pani Michutz. One, uh, the question is, do you say what's true out on, in the Azara, in the, in the, you know, in the Azara is true in the innermost sanctum, in the Heichal. 
So yes, that's true. Outer in the Mizbeach, the Yama Shlomo, there it's counterclockwise. Inside it's different, which is bizarre. Why well, says the di- direction change? Umar Sava, lo yafinam pini michot. Okay, so that's one explanation. Rabbi Akiva says the Gemara, and he's lo yafinam fine, you don't have to learn it from the outside. But he buy Hachinavid, he buy Hachinavid, you should at least be allowed to go counterclockwise. It's, you, you should be allowed to do either way. It sounds like he says, Dafka, you have to do it clockwise. Why is that? So, Amalucha Rabbi Akiva, and with this we'll end, Medina, Behu Karen, Depaga Beresha, Bu Avi Beresha. You know what? Because you should have started, when you were walking out, you should have started with the one you bumped into first. You just, the halacha was, you had to go to the outside. But this was the first one you encountered. Okay? The Amaresh Lakish, you're not supposed to pass by an opportunity to do a mitzvah. Why did he not start this corner, which is the one you hit first? That you have to go out. So since you, this is the first one you encountered, you're forced to go out, you're forced to start here, but the next place you should be going is back to the place that you missed. Now, by the way, for Yosi Aglili, it also works. Because uh, since he's saying you do it in the north, you bump into this, you don't do it, you start here, but then you go back to the one you missed. So for Yosia Aglili, he could go immediately back to the one he missed and go with the standard counterclockwise. But for Yosia that has you in the south, to be going back to the one you missed has you going in the clockwise direction. So the only debate we have to figure out now is not clockwise versus counterclockwise, that we get. You're going back to the one you missed, but why one of them starts in the north and one of them starts in the south. So we will see that tomorrow. How do we explain time?